Yo, give it up for, uh, give it up real quick for my big brother who did the, the drum track on that and the, and the uh, trumpet on that joint. Have a seat, have a seat. Uh, so really, uh, I, I just wanted to do that. There ain't no rhyme or reason. I just wanted to do it. Uh, India Irie, that was India Irie, there's hope, all right? Just for your life, just in case they cut us off when they, when they post this later. <laughs> um, so we started something last week, huh? And um, I want to encourage you to, uh, and, and this is something that you ought to be doing, uh, you, should, you, should, you should read the Bible. <laughs> it's a thing, like it's a whole thing that you should be doing. You remember the, the story when Jesus said, hand me the book of Isaiah. Now here's the question, how did Jesus know that the book of Isaiah said that particular thing at that time? Why? Maybe because Jesus read the Bible. If Jesus read the Bible, maybe us Christians, us believers in Jesus Christ, ought to read the Bible. Now, what I love about the Bible, John says it's living and breathing. The clinical definition of death is no change. So maybe the clinical definition of life is constantly changing. What I love about that is if you read the Bible like it's living and not dead, every time you read it, it'll morph. You'll see a different facet of it. It will even maybe dig deeper in your heart and cause you to feel or understand or change in a different area of your life. If you keep reading the same book over and over again and you don't get nothing, check yourself. You might be dead, I'm just saying. I wasn't saying that to be like that, I'm just saying check yourself. You've gone up in there like that, huh? So I want to challenge you that when you go to the Word of God that you see something different every time. I think it has to do with how we approach the Word of God. If we approach it like we've seen it, like we've heard it, uh, like we've seen it before, we ain't really going to get nothing, then that's exactly what you get. If you approach it like it's a history book, then that's what you get. If you approach it like it's just good principles that you might ought to follow, then that's what you get. But if you approach it like the living, breathing Word of God that will change and transform your life and everybody that comes in into contact with you because you have the Word of God in you, then the book is doing exactly what it was meant to do. I think it's so interesting that a lot of, especially the New Testament, was written as letters to people in a different city. And those words today still have mad power. So we're going to go back to this next verse, and maybe you can find something else in you. And I think I just want to juxtapose one thing, and then we'll get out of here. That good? Um, I don't know if I'm not going to be long today, but, but I will be strong. Is that all right? All right. Uh, Ze Zechariah, Zechariah 9, 11 through 12. Now, um, another caveat, those of you who don't know the books of the Bible, I would challenge you to do that. Now, um, 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 you can go to your, uh, your device and you don't have to really know it, but I'm challenging you to be, have a deeper relationship with the Word of God. I remember going to Philippines and Bishop Bolano's wife would not let us leave until we could spell every single one of the books of the Bible. Spell them. Yeah, we had to know them and spell them correctly. I, I dare you to try to spell Habakkuk. I'm going to just leave that to you, all right? Um, Zechariah, not Zechariah, but Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Go back to the top. Zechariah 9, verse 11 
and 12. Now, this is another way. I feel like I'm a teacher this morning. Uh, uh, there's three ways you can read the Bible without even going really deep in it, but that will train you to, to look at the Bible differently. That good? You can read as a person who's writing. You can read as a person who's listening. And you can read as the people who are watching, the, watching it all happen. And if you read it from, I promise you, if you read it from those three completely different perspectives, you will get three completely different things. That'll just start you on your new journey with the Word of God. That good? Because I promise you, I promise you, in 23, the Word of God is going to be more important to you than it ever will be. And so why wait until then, right? Let's, let's get into it now. Zechariah 9, verse 11 and 12. It says, as for you. Also because of the blood of my covenant with you, I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners who have hope. This very day I am declaring, it's interesting, that I will restore double to you. And, and when I saw that again, just now I saw something else. Did it say, it say this very day I am declaring that you will, that double will restore to you. I know a lot of y'all heard it, that double is coming today. How many people heard that? The double is coming today. But what it said was, is I'm, today I am declaring that double will come to you. Some of y'all woke up Monday morning and was looking for the double, and it didn't quite happen. That's all right. It's because you need to start declaring. That good? I love the way these statements are 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 paired. He could have said, as for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with, with you, this very day I am declaring that I will restore double to you. You see how that makes perfect sense? But I like the way this is set up. It says, as for you, you get the blood of the covenant. The very next thing is, I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. The next statement, return to the stronghold, you prisoners who have the hope. I see two very interesting things being compared in the second and the third statement. And though that's where we're going to go today. That good? Yeah. All right. The waterless pit is another way of saying thirst. Somebody turn to somebody looking square in the back of their son and said, the thirst is real. The thirst is real. And so uh, it's interesting, when I woke up on Monday morning, I, I, had, I still had you on my mind. And, um, and the Lord, so the Lord gave, started downloading this thing. You know, so you know, something happened so fast, you got to hurry up and write notes and you, you don't forget. And that's how, kind of how it was for me. And so uh, I, I'd like to give that download to you this morning, all right? Here's a question. Which are you? Oh, oh the next statement says, uh, return to your stronghold, you prisoners of hope. That good? So two different prisoners. We got prisoners of thirst and prisoners of hope. You see that, that comparison? Now look, it's going to be a long Sunday if you don't talk back to me and act like you're listening to me now. And I know you're trying to get it, but I need your help, all right? So I'm, I'm comparing these two statements. Here's my question. Here's, your, here's a question for you. Where, where do you fall? Which side are you on? Prisoner of thirst? Now, a prisoner of hope. Now, let me tell you right now, don't lie, because I know everybody want to be a prisoner of hope. That's what you want to say in your whole, in, in your heart. You really want to say, I'm a prisoner of hope. But sometimes your emotions don't say that. It's, you're a prisoner of thirst. And I, and I think that's an interesting thing, Uncle Ken, is I believe that whether you're a prisoner of hope or a prisoner of thirst, they feel the same way. Because you need something that you ain't got. 
but your perspective, your, be, your understanding, and even your faith will determine which side you're on. Yeah. All right, so let's look at this thirst thing real quick. I'm going to go through this really quick because I really want to focus on the hope part. So I got a, I got a, I got a couple of acronyms this morning, all right? So I'm going to go through this real quick because I really don't want to focus on the thirst, but I need you to see where you are. Is that all right? Now, I, cause, and the reason why I'm telling you, the reason why I can, Lord, Jesus knows, the reason why I can preach this is because I've been in that thirsty place. I've been thirsty. Thirsty before. You understand me, single women? I'm trying to, they, they finally, you, you, you caught that thing. I'm trying to tell you, I've been in a waterless pit before. Now, thank the Lord, I ain't in that waterless pit no more. Uh, thank you, Lord. For all that who went over your head, didn't take that. Those who cake it in, go ahead and have your face. You caught that, did your neighbor? All right, I appreciate that. I've been in a thirsty place, but uh, I'm not there no more. Think about this, and I want you to really uh, take an opportunity and be cur- courageous to decide which you are. Is that good? Yeah. T is for too concerned with time. Dang. Dang. Too concerned with time, Evie. Cause them time keep on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. Lord, have mercy on us all. That 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 some of y'all biological clock is like a ticker, a ticker, a ticker. <laughs> Too concerned with time. I remember coming to a place of being, all right, okay, Lord, I believe you're going to answer me, but when? It wasn't an issue last, probably last five years or so. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of, Lord, Jesus, when is the when going to happen, Lord? So concerned with time that you for, even forget to, to enjoy the process. Because if you really have hope, you'll enjoy the process. Have mercy on us all. Turn to somebody and say, have mercy on you. <laughs> H, hanging with the wrong people. If it's anything that'll steal all your hope is a bunch of negative people. People who don't believe like you do. People whose conversation is not, is not you know what I want to say? It's not holy. It's holy. Lee, but it ain't holy. You know, you know what I'm saying? Pe- pe- people, so people who will take from you then, then, then give to you. Hanging with the wrong people will take, will steal all your hope away. Got to keep moving. I is for I, me, my focused. I, me, my focused. I, me, my focused. I, me, my. You ever talk to people every sentence they start start with one of them? Oh my gosh. So frustrating to talk to people whose every sentence starts with one of those things. And here's my question. I'm gonna look down at the notes. Are you one of them people? I mean my focused. I'm telling you, if you're I mean my focused, you're you are on the in the waterless pit. Got to keep moving. R, Jesus, help me. God, running from discomfort instead of running to your CPA. 
running from discomfort instead of running towards what God created, assigned, and purposed for you to accomplish. Running from comfort, from, from discomfort. You, 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 I remember this. My, my shoes had to be comfortable. You understand? What, what, what we're doing in terms of my time had to be about what could fit in my time. Some of y'all need to wake up a whole lot earlier than you, what you're waking up at. Those of us who are thirsty are going to stay in that pit if you, don't, if, you are, if you are running away from discomfort. Anything of discipline will cost you your comfort. That is very uncomfortable. S, Lord help us, Jesus. Sin is still your friend. John 8, 34, and Romans 6, 16 specifically talk about being a slave to sin. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Lord will deliver you from your enemies, not your friends. So if your appetites and your desires are still for those things that God is against, then you can keep your thirst, have your thirst. We keep taking advantage of God's mercy because you figure he'll forgive you, but that's a dangerous road to toe. The moment you start, and I, and I love one of my favorite, one of my very favorites, my very favorite in these last couple of years, Philippians 2, 13, that specifically says, if, you, if God is at work in you, he, he will help you with your desires and the ability to do what pleases him. So when you have desires but not ability, or you have ability but not desire, then you need more work. You need him to work in you to do what pleases him. So if you don't have an appetite to do what pleases God, then you got to ask God to work in you. Yeah. What's the, what coolest thing about our God is he not like Uncle Sam. He's going to ask you first. Cool, huh? Sin is still your friend. Ooh, number and T is you're taking taking advantage of God's mercy. T is taking advantage of God's mercy. That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Every Sunday you come to the altar because you're guilty, only to wake up tomorrow. And, it, and, and to exacerbate that mercy that is new every morning. I promise you, you are living a thirsty life. But that's not the life that God intended for us to have. Maybe she's not going to be long because I'm halfway done. Do you know that the word hope is in the Bible 129 times? I thought that was interesting too. 129 times. God saw fit that we would do an expose. If you look at all those things, you will find 129 times that, that, that there is, that God talks about hope. Now, I can't talk about 169 verses. I just chose three of my favorite in me looking at some of them. And so what I'd like to do is just read three of them and then define hope a little bit. And then let's get into the acronym about hope. That good? Yeah. All right. 
Psalm 71, 5, for you are my hope. Lord God, you are my confidence from my youth. Sorry, if you have hope in something else, promise you it's going to fail you. Titus 1, 2, Paul's talking about it. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago. I know it doesn't make sense. To me. It was in the middle of a sentence, but I love it. You can check it out on your own. Check out one and three. But I want to move on to Psalm 62, 5. It says, my soul. What's your, do you remember what, the, 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 what your soul is? It's your, it's your thoughts your feelings and your decisions, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Is that good? I want you to see that very clearly when, Paul, when David talks about it. But he says, my soul waits in silence for God alone, for my hope is from him. Yeah. Evie, it's from him. Yeah. It's not just because you want it. It's not just because it's a deep desire inside of your humanity. It's not just because culture says it should have happened by now. But my hope is from him and I'll wait in silence. Now I know sometimes there is a place where you need to speak what you want, right? There's, a, there's an interesting place that you need to declare what has been decreed, right? But sometimes after you, after you have decreed it, shut your mouth! Yeah, 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 yeah. For you undo what you said. <laughs> right? Here's the, here's the thing. The God that created all of heaven and earth did so with his words. And that creation is still creating from, from, from then to now. Yeah. And that same God puts that power unapologetically inside of you. Yeah. Says now you create your own world, Mimi. And now the things that come out of our mouth is either life or death. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you say. Sometimes you just need to shut up and wait in silence. Decree it and de declare what has been decreed, then hush your mouth. Declare what has been decreed, don't say nothing else. That, that, you feel that? All it is to understand, I understand three things about hope. My father said it to me, said it in a, in a, a meeting, and it, it kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the religious way to say I, the, the, the hood way is I felt that. You understand? I felt that. But the religious way is it bear it bore witness with my spirit. <laughs> Just try to help some of y'all. That's all right. He said, "This is he he, he he defined it this way. He said, hope is earnest expectation." Man, I felt that thing, you know what I mean? Because anything that God gives you, even a dream, I was listening to somebody yesterday, anything God gives you, as far if he, if he drops the dream on you, it complicates your life. 
I promise you it will. Because as soon as he gives you, he gives it to you what you've dreamed. Because some of y'all have, have accomplished some things. You've been walking in some dreams. Some things are turning around and changing. And now you find yourself in an interesting situation needing something else. And that's dope. But if you don't have your hope in the Lord, it's going to be interesting, right? So ex earnest expectation. But expectation, based off these three, three scriptures, I think about these things, is that earnest expectation rests on the trustworthiness of God to keep his promise. It rests on that. If it rests on anything else, I promise you, you ain't going to get what you want. But if you do get it, it might be, it might kill you. Have mercy. Because God wants his dream for your life, but not at the expense of your character. And not at the expense of your soul. Some of us, it's really just a matter of really getting some, some blood cleansing word and, and expectation in life and discipleship in your life. And then Lord can turn it around because you decide to live according to his will and his way. Man, it makes me think about another one of my favorite scriptures. This one you don't have in your, in your, um, who? This one you don't have in your notes, Ken. It's Hebrews 6. Mm. Man, this is good. Y'all can have some of this if you want to. You can leave it up here if you want to, too. Hebrews 6, verse 9. This is one of my favorites. Oh, daddy, this is one of my favorites. I'm telling you, I've prayed this over my life so many times, Poppy. This one might be for you as well. It says, but beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you. And things that accompany salvation, even though we are speaking to you in this way. He was kind of rebuking them just a little bit if you look a little bit earlier. And it says at verse 10, For God is not so unjust as to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name by having served and by still serving the saints. Some of y'all have been serving God a long time. And you haven't seen the fruit, the, the, the reality of your dreams. And God is saying to you, and we desire that each one of you demonstrate the diligence at, so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience or endurance inherit the promise. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no greater, no one greater, this is what he did. He swore by himself, saying, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply you. And so having patiently waited Abraham that is he obtained the promise I'm sorry that don't, if that don't go through your bones open, open up your life and receive that one for yourself so hope is this H are you ready now 
Do me a favor, whichever hand you are, left-handed or right hand, take it, go ahead, take your finger. Take your finger, you got it? Whichever hand you are, left-handed, y'all, y'all, you got your left hand up? All right, you ready? Tap your battery. Tap your battery. Tap your battery, sir. There you go. We got to. I got to tell. I got to. I got to show you something that you might not want to hear. You ready? H. Holiness is is for. I'm sorry. H. Holiness is the hatred of sin. Holiness is the hatred of sin. It's not the absence of it. It's the hatred of it. Hate is a heart word. Even Jesus was tempted, Hebrews said, he was tempted in every way a man could be tempted. Don't know. I'm not making no speculation. That's my Jesus. Don't you talk about him like that. But I'm just saying, when the woman with the alabaster box came in there and did, did that little dance on his feet with the tears and the oil, I just don't know what thoughts went through Jesus' mind. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying that that's my Jesus, but the Bible says that he was, he was, he was tempted in every way a man could be tempted. I remember that moment when, 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 when the devil said, "If you're hungry, turn this rock into a piece of bread." Now, if that would have been me, it probably would have been brioche. I'm just saying. But because the enemy could find, the, the reason why the enemy could find nothing in him is because he hated sin. It was a, it's a heart word. Psalms 97.10, hate evil, you who love the Lord, who watch over the souls of his godly ones. He saves them from the hand of the wicked. I'm sorry, I don't know if you heard what he said. He said, hate evil, you who love the Lord. Here's my question. If you love the Lord, then you hate evil. I'm going to shut my eyes so you won't look at me like I'm crazy. I believe Luke said that if you love me, you will do what I say. And so if you don't have a hate for evil, you have no chance in hell getting what God has for you. Have mercy on us all. Check your life. Are there things, even the definition of the fear of the Lord is hating what he hates, but also loving what he loves. Check your heart. Are there things that are in your life that God hates that you love? Are there things that are in your life that God loves that you hate? We're talking about hope. We're talking about turning that thirst into hope. This is the beginning. This ain't just the first level now. We got to start from the, from the basic of our humanity that will screw it up every time. Have mercy on us all, yes? Sin will drive a wedge between you and the blesser. Sin will slow the blessing and sin will stop the blessing. You got to get it out of your life. You got to hate it. It got to make you sick. You ought to see it and be turned in your stomach and not wishing you could do that too. I'm going to turn around this way. 
Some of the things you watch on television, you watch it, keep watching it so you can imagine yourself doing it because you ain't able to do it yet. Not in good conscience. Guilt, I promise you, is a useless, a useless emotion, especially when God gives us the ability to live life like he has described, prescribed for us to live it. Sin is a hatred of evil. Hate is a heart word. Oh, check this out, mama. <laughs> I promise you, when I was thinking about this, it made me think of the last few things we've been in for the last couple of months. Oh, it's for off with his head. Yeah. Off with his head. Check, check this out, because I want to deal with that sin issue. Some of y'all was dead right there after S, I mean after eight, you was like, all right, I'm about to go home. Let me help you out with the with the O, all right? O is for off with his head. Second Samuel 17. I'm gonna read 51 and 53. Just a couple of details. You can read them if you're on your own, 52 and 53. It ain't really that that necessary for this moment, but uh Second Samuel 17, 51 and 54 it says, Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his, of its sheath and finished him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Verse 54, and David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his weapons in his tent. Lord Jesus, I think about David coming up that hill to bring his brothers, the warriors, some food because his daddy was being nosy. He wanted to know what was going on. And he sent the tattletale to go tell it because he wasn't eligible to be a warrior yet. But his daddy didn't know how many bears and wolves and lions and tigers and bears he done fought. You understand? Fighting for the sheep that his father had given him. And so when he walks up that hill and he sees this eight-foot uncircumcised Philistine threatening the people of God. Something happened to him inside of his belly. He had a holy indignation, a hate for, that, for what that man was doing to the people of God. This joker takes some stones. I'm sorry rocks that's what you want to take and 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 Goliath was insulted read the story for yourself in, in 2 Samuel of uh, uh, 17 and uh, Goliath was insulted you gonna send me this little bitty dog this is what you sending me and then, and, and 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 this dog picks up five smooth stones he was, I, I, it's so funny right now I'm hearing my looks looking at my father standing on this day saying your dog I got your little bitty right here right I got your little bitty right here and he and, and he said check me pops him in the head the Bible says Samuel says, watching this now, that joker hit the ground. You, you remember when, what was that, that fighter that bust that joker in the head and his whole body went like that? Boom! And his hands didn't even help him fall out. You understand what I'm talking about? You is out. When your hands can't bring yourself up to help you fall down, you is out. Now here's the thing though. 
He was out. Don't know if he was dead. That's why David said, wait a minute, it was a rock that hit a big man's head. Now I have the advantage. And he went over and took his sheath, his sword. Now his sword was something big. I don't know if that little 17-year-old red-headed boy, that's what the Bible said, he was a red-headed something, and, and, and knocked his, and cut the man's head off. Here's what I want you to see, because we just talking about sin being the hatred of, of it's, uh, sin is the, sorry, holiness is the hatred of sin, right? So I want you to see that in light of this story. David had holy indignation to deal with what was coming against the people of God. And when he knocked it down, he had not killed it. Here's the deal, some of y'all's sin is in, is in a coma. And it ain't dead. It's knocked out, but it ain't dead. I'm sorry, dead people don't move, dead people don't, you know what I'm saying? Dead, dead people don't, don't breathe. Some of y'all need to take, take the sword and cut it off with his head. Some of the challenges of you being able to receive the blessing is because you holding on to your friends that you need to kill. It's one thing to knock it out. It's a whole other thing to kill it, to starve it, to separate it from its, from its source, life, a source of life. We have a responsibility as believers. What's interesting is Jesus, the Lord, helps us to do that, of course, because of his blood, but he leaves it for us to do. I thought that was so interesting. How many of y'all ever, of y'all others, well, how many others of y'all ended the story there when he hit him with the rock, you figured he was dead? Anybody else read the story that way? I did. I read the story that way. I read the story when David killed the Goliath with the stone. No, he killed him when he, when he cut his head off. Have mercy. Hope I'm helping you guys today. Lord Jesus, y'all ready to go on to pee? Yeah. All right. H, holiness is the hatred of sin. Oh, off with his head. I like that. Off with his head. It's so funny. Who said that? The little lady with the card on the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the, Alice in the Wonderland. The little lady, that's who said that. Every time, huh? To take the head off the sucker. Who said that? Oh, oh okay, all right. <laughs> take that. <laughs> My mama. P, you ready for P? Have mercy. Did you tap your battery? All right, hear this again. Power through the pain of the weight by preparing to pay it forward. I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. I'm going to say it again a couple times. You can read it up there on the screen. It says, power through the pain by of the weight by preparing to pay it forward power through the pain of the weight by preparing to pay it forward here's what i want you to see let me think should i do that first all right check it out i'm gonna tell you another story hannah first samuel one first samuel one you can check it out on your own self if you don't mind i'm gonna tell you the story the way i understand it in my mind that all right hannah 
God have mercy was like me. All she wanted was a son. And then she got Penino. That bat over there. Having kids every year. Got them childbearing hips. Be back to a size two after she had the baby in three months. And then pregnant in the next, uh, the six weeks is over. Oh, you pregnant again? No, I'm talking about. Little Johnny just turned three and he can read the whole Bible. You know what? That's all right. You could be the God mama. I'm just trying to help you understand what I'm, what I'm feeling. You understand what I'm saying, B? Let me just you be my baby God mama. Hannah just wanted that one thing. Goes to the, the temple and at the altar. Don't the way I read the story don't feel like nobody else was in there. Almost like uh, what's the priest Elkinah? No, that's the that's the husband. Eli, almost like Eli was back in that office somewhere doing whatever he was doing because if we read what Eli's life was, Eli was never doing what he was supposed to be doing. But he was, anoint, but he was anointed by the Lord, so we're going to take that part of it, all right? Right. Hannah at the altar praying so hard you can't even understand what she's saying. In my, in my sanctified, holy imaginations, almost like she was like, speaking in tongues, language that nobody could even understand, but her soul was distressed because she wanted something from God because she knew only God could do it. The priest comes in there accusing her of what he had been doing. That's a whole nother story. It's a whole nother story. Get, get, get off the altar, you drunk woman. Get on up out of here. But she wasn't offended. <laughs> she wasn't offended. That's a whole other thing for those of y'all who have hope. Let me go on this side over here. She done left it. Somebody over here done left the church because somebody done said some sideways to you. You done, you done decided to be offended because somebody done said some sideways to you. I can't stay over there long. Some of y'all gonna leave your car said that. Let me go on back over here. She was so full of hope, she was unoffendable. It was her, her trust, her belief in God. She didn't care about what nobody said to her. Not even the priest. She didn't give a rip. Her challenge was between her and the Lord. She responded to him. I ain't drunk. Can you see that look in the face like, what you talking about? I, I, I ain't drunk. It's just that I need something from the Lord. 
everybody. All of my emotions, my mind, my decisions, I'm going to lay it at the altar and I'm going to tell God about it. Man, she could have been done right there. Right there, she could have been done. Some of y'all need to decide to be unoffendable. Mad, because Bishop Johnson come up here and talk about your black self. Sorry, he can't say it, but I can say it for him. Mad, because you think what he believes on one side of this bipartisan world or not. You don't have a clue. That man trying to help you. Trying to help you see the truth. Our hope for this country is being challenged. But we have a responsibility to say and fight for what is truth. But if we keep getting offended, mad, you mad? Oh, you big man. <laughs> what you say? I argue with you. You, you ain't heard that song. You gotta go find that song. You big man. It's a good song. Stop being big man. She's at the altar. He asked her, "You put the wine away from you, woman." She said, I'm not drunk. I need something from God. Now, she didn't even say what she needed. But the power in that that God had invested in that man. Now, I'm sorry. Let me stop here just one second. God will even empower power to an ungodly man. And that power can be received from you in the, in the right way or not. It's according to your faith. When that, man, when that man said, so be it unto you. Let me tell you what she did. She said, I did. She asked no questions for y'all logical people. She, she, she didn't say, she didn't say, what you say? Can you say it again? She ain't saying nothing like that. She heard that thing. And this is why I'm convinced that Jesus said over and over and over again, he who has ears. Now, if, any, if anybody in this room, do you have an ear? I'm, I'm wondering if you have ears. She heard that thing. You know what, she fixed herself. She, put, she, she went home that day. You understand, the thirst is no more. You understand what I'm saying? She put on something cute. You understand what I'm saying? She said, let me, let me, let me, let me, let, let me serve you, sir. Uh, put on something cute. When you come up in here, you're gonna be like, oh, that's what it is? You understand what I'm saying? She fixed. Even if you look at the verse, it says she fixed, even with my understanding, she fixed her attitude. She decided when she heard it, it was done. 
interesting thing though. Once it's done, you still got to do something. God promised Abraham. He promised Moses. We get down to the Jericho. The promise is yours, but you still got to go to war for it. I'd like to submit, maybe I'm wrong before the, 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 the doctorates and the pastors and the reverends, that hope is the way we fight. It's a decision that I earnestly expect that what you said, you're going to do it. And the timing is not my business. Turn to somebody, look at somebody else and say, that's not your business. She powers through that pain. She powers through that pain of the weight by preparing to pay it forward. The thing she wanted the most, she told God, before she ever got him, before it was ever here, before she ever laid with her husband, she said, if you give him to me, I'm gonna give him back. God knew what was in Hannah's heart the same way he knew what was in Abraham's heart when God asked him to kill his son. Same faith, same hope in his heart. If you look at the scripture, you would say when Abraham, when God told Abraham, take your son up to that mountain and kill him dead. Abraham said, all right then. Right before he left, look at the scripture. Don't trust me, look at the scripture. This is what he said. Sarah, me and the boy are going up to worship and we'll be back. <laughs> if you read the whole story, you will see that, that, he was, that he was so bent on being obedient because the Lord had seen it and it had become a habit for them 25 years that he could trust them with the worst type, the most difficult kind of obedience, right? He, 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 he was so bent on being obedient that it took a whole angel to stop his hand. Yeah. I'm sorry if God would have just said, Tiff, I'd have been good. You ain't got to send no angel to tell me, Pippin. Just, you know, just that's what it is. You see what I'm saying? But God sent an angel to, to stop his hand because in Abraham's heart, he had decided that since God said it, it was going to be done. Here's the other thing that he had decided, I'm trying to help you this morning, is that death is a part of the reality of the promise. Have mercy. I feel you, homie. He had decided that what it was, what God was going to do, he said he was going to do it. That same conviction, Hannah was as convinced that when she got the blessing, that was it. She decided that Samuel belonged. Yes, sir, belonged to God. What's interesting, though, is once Hannah gave Samuel 
to the Lord. I'm sorry, I've never been a mom before, but it'd be the most difficult thing to leave my baby and not be able to see him but once a year. It'd be the most difficult thing. But that's what she did. <laughs> that's what she did. When she did it, God gave her five more kids. Like he could, he could have gave her like a pair of twins or at least one more. You know what I mean? That's gonna give him five more. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if you just gave your dream up to God. I wonder if you would be convinced, convincing your knower, down deep in your knower, that once you give it up to God, somebody said you can't beat God giving. way she powered through that pain but she said you know what no she didn't even know she was gonna have them five she didn't know she just wanted that one uncle Keith she only just wanted the one and God gave her five more but she powered through that pain she powered through that pain by preparing in the weight to pay it forward some of y'all's dreams are going to stop with you, and that's the problem. The reason why you haven't experienced a blessing is because it's just for you, just for your comfort, just for your advancement. But I'm telling you, there's coming a time near, a time coming soon, that God's going to test you with regard to this issue. And if you haven't fixed your heart now to become the blesser, then you have a you have a tough time becoming the blessed. There's still one more, God have mercy. Letter E. But you know me, I like to go back through it real quick. Holiness is the hatred of sin. Off with his head. Power through the pain of the weight by preparing to pay it forward. Gotta tell you another story. E. Exercise the power of praise and worship. Have mercy, exercise the power of praise and worship. Second Chronicles 20. The people of God were being bullied by three different, three different tribes of people. Bullied. They was coming after them. And, and the king said, you know what? We got God on our side. In fact, this battle does not belong to us. You read the verse, it says, this battle belongs to the Lord. Now, the next verse after that verse, it says, and they got up early in the morning. Excuse me, for us logical people, if I would have known that the battle is not mine, but it belongs to the Lord, the next day I would have been asleep. <laughs> Sleeping in. Because it's not belong to me, it belongs to the Lord. It belongs to you, Jesus. And on your behalf, I'm going to experience disease, Jesus. On your behalf. If you look at the story, the next verse says, Early the next morning, the king calls the people, he assembles them after they receive a word from the Lord, a prophetic word from the Lord. I come. At 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20 through 24, this is what it says. They rose early in the morning. This is verse 20. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, 
Listen to me. Judah and inhabitants and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will endure. <laughs> Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When the people had consult when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And as they went out before the army and said, this is the song they were singing, give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness is everlasting. That's what they were singing. Verse 22, when they began singing, when they began singing and praising, the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were struck down. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of the seer, completely destroying them. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of the seers, they helped, they helped to destroy one another. And when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, came up, came up to the mountain and said, we're gonna come up there and, and let me tell you, all, all while this is happening, all while this is happening, all you can hear in the background, in the background, all you can hear is, give thanks to the Lord, for his faithfulness endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithfulness endures forever. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they turned toward the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground and there was no survivor ain't that right jb not one survivor and they didn't lift one sword some of y'all fighting flesh fighting people fighting your family i'm trying to help you before you go over there during thanksgiving you fighting with your words and fighting with your attitude when all you need to do is say give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness is everlasting watch the Lord fight for you and knock them all down all the doctors report that say you in menopause and ain't gonna all the doctors report to said you ain't you gonna you ain't gonna never have no sweets or you ain't false to because you full of diabetes. All them all them doctors report to said you got cancer and you about to die. All those bank accounts that said you in negative $6,500. All those things in your brain and in your mind that logically you can't figure it out. It's all a lie, but I'm trying to tell you, give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness endures forever. Talking to those of us who hope in the Lord. Praise and worship decentralize itself. Learned that from my uncle Yule. 
praise and worship is focused, hear me, on the face of the blesser, not the hand. Praise and worship is focused on the face of the blesser, not on the hand. Let me tell you why. Because his mouth and his ears is on his head. Sometimes we just get so holified and sanctified, we just look right past the, the stupid stuff, the simple stuff. Once he hears your prayers and starts declaring something, what God says cannot be undone. We're so busy seeking for his hand that we really need to be in his face. Praise and worship. Learn this from my mama. Praise and worship is a weapon for what you hope. It's a weapon for what you hope. What is it? What, why, does it why is it that way? Because all the enemy wants to do is distract you by what is not. Wants to distract you by the details. Can't see the forest for the... He wants you to focus. He doesn't want you to focus on the blesser, on the dream giver by inundating you with the facts. But if you trust in my God, the facts ain't good for nothing. The facts ain't good for nothing but telling my God how big he is and ignoring how, somebody said, quit telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is. 23 is going to be a miraculous year. It's going to be the year of the Lord. We're going to see some things in 23. We're going to see what you ain't never seen in 23. You understand me? We're going to see what you ain't never seen in 23. But as any good father would do for his children, he would prepare them for the blessing. If you don't have your, your character and your life before God straight, if it's still crooked, you may want to respond today. Because what I'm talking to you, I'm talking about preparing your life for a complete transformation. I'm talking about preparing your life for the reality of your dreams. Remember, God will delay them if your character or your soul is at stake. You understand? His promises are yes and amen. He never took his word back. But you close your hand with your sin and your doubt and your negativity and all that bull. So today, Chris been playing this whole service so you done got your emotional music. It's good too, I appreciate it. So you be helping me, man. Let me tell everybody, sir. I heard when you stopped playing and I felt it when you started. Appreciate you, sir. May this word bear exponential fruit in your life, in your body, in your family, and in your business. Expect, expect, expect God to turn around. 
They didn't know you was preaching to yourself today. That's why you were screaming so hard this morning. You was preaching to yourself, sir. Receive it to your, receive it to your bones. Everything to turn around to, to, reversely. He is convinced of better things concerning you, and he watches you give to his people. That's yours, Hebrews 6, 9. And he swore by himself because he couldn't swear by anything greater. You've been waiting with patience. It's time for the Lord to do what he said. Now it's on us to trust him. This is what somebody said. I don't know what we was watching yesterday. My husband and I. It's what the man said. It, I felt it. You understand what I'm saying? It bore witness with my spirit. It said, under human circumstances, it is quite natural to fear hope. Hmm? Let me say it again. Under human circumstances, it is quite natural to fear hope. People who fear hope are scared that they're not going to get what they're asking for. People who don't want to hope are people who have been offended because God did not give it when, he's, when they expected it. People who are afraid to hope have hope-deferred heart sickness. People who are afraid to hope because trauma in the past has caused you to doubt God. People who are afraid to hope only are afraid because you got sin in your life that you don't know how to get rid of. People who are afraid to hope are guilty because you know you shouldn't really feel that way. Talking to those of you who really need God to turn that prison of thirst into a prison of hope. Shanked, shackled, to the belief in the power of the blood of Jesus, which is the guarantor, the guarantee that what he said, he will do. Those of you who, who wanna make that transfer, I don't care what the reason is, this is not a time to be ashamed. They're good, they're good. It's just, I'm just, let me help you. You could be offended or not, I'll come to me and I'll, apologize to you if you're offended by that, all right? What I'm about to say. But to be ashamed inside this building is just stupid. It's dumb. Especially when, believe, when we believe in the power of what Jesus has already completed. And we don't come in here, Jesus didn't come for those who are already well. He came for those of us who need him to turn our lives around. Go ahead and stand so the person next to you can go and scoot yourself out. I'm talking about those who need to be transferred from the prison of hope, prison of thirst, to the prison of hope. There are some things that you need God to deal with, whether it's fear or guilt or uh, what I say, sin, hope deferred, heart sickness. You were expecting God to do it. I've been there. I promise you, I've been there. I've been in that hopeless place when, 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 um, um. If homicide is not the, 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 the choice, suicide is. Yeah. 
wanted to go find them or, or, or tell my cousins to go find them and hurt them real bad. I've been in that place. When your dreams seem to walk away and God was dealing with you about what you, where you were. I'm talking to those of you who need to be transferred, come on, come to the altar, respond if that's you. If that's those of you who know you need to be transferred, changed, moved, shifted into this other side. Those of you who are not ashamed to say, look here, I'm not going, I'm not going to sabotage my, my dream. I'm not going to sabotage the blessing that God has got for me. I'm not going to sabotage it, it just because I'm mad because it hasn't happened yet and I'm watching my dream happen and other people's thing and I'm pissed off about it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you like somebody says, it's better to be pissed off than it is to be pissed on. Bishop's team, yes, thank you, because uh, thank you, Lord. Bishop's team, if you are here, come on, move. Move immediately and help help us pray for those who need God to do something. Um, yes, let's pray. Come on.